Welcome to Gone to Texas, a podcast about AMC's Preacher. My name is Alex, and I have not read any of Garth Ennis's Preacher. And my name is Lance, and I have read all of Garth Ennis's Preacher. Today we'll be discussing episode 8 of the show, titled El Valero, which I believe is the name of the mission that is the Alamo, as we know it now. Okay. I good. think. Yeah. Write in if you don't know, but or if I'm, if I'm wrong. But uh, while, we, while we will not be spoiling any of the comic, and by extension any future plot lines of the show, we will be discussing the details of the series through episode 8, so pause this and go watch the show before you listen to the rest of the episode. You can find more of our episodes of more of the episodes of our podcast at g2tpodcast.com, which is the letter G, number 2, letter T, podcast.com. We're also g2tpodcast on Twitter, and you can send feedback to g2tpodcast at gmail.com. To tell us what you think of our show, share your thoughts on AMC's Preacher so, you can read, so we can read them on air. Send us corrections, observations, anything regarding Preacher or our podcast. Or let me know if I'm wrong about El Valero. I think, I think that sounds about And it's, a, you know, it's related to what happens in the episodes. So. Yeah. So, uh, so we have some listener feedback this week from uh, two of our standbys here. Number one is Bruce, of course. Uh, hey, just dropping in to comment on the last episode to answer the question. I like Arseface in the comics because he's, he was a character that had every reason to be the most depressing and dark person in the series, but instead was a cheery and mostly upbeat and optimistic individual. I found that contrast to be funny and charming. That's the answer to Nick's question. We'll see what Nick found out and what, what Nick thinks about it next week. Um, uh, and then he said, my observations on episode seven. To me, the scene with Tulip running around and doing parkour was pretty funny because it looked like she was doing something important and badass, but she was just chasing down some stupid kids to get a pair of pants back. It's a pretty valid point. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, I thought it was hilarious how Cassidy went on a tirade about the Big Lebowski, but then turned around and endorsed The Lady Killers, which is one of the less acclaimed Coen Brothers films, to put it lightly. Uh, this do- That does seem like something Cassidy would say. Totally agree. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I actually have a theory about the flashbacks that shouldn't be too spoilery. I think John Custer sent Tulip away because he had suspicions uh, that the men who ultimately killed him were going to show up, and he didn't want her caught in the middle of that. Uh, Quote, she's in O'Hare, unquote, was just a pretext he gave to Jesse, maybe because there are things in his past he didn't want to tell his son about. I think that's pretty solid, but I don't know if it's something we'll cover in the show or not. Um, Cover, you mean like how? Cover in the sense of like I don't see there being any opportunity for us to ha- to learn a revelation about John's making that decision. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, he, but yeah. I, I could be wrong. You know that that does that is a very um, striking thing to say. She's an O'Hare because it makes me it makes me roll back my mind and think like what what was in the comics about the O'Hares, which I can't remember anything. So well, and the yeah. other thing is, it's kind of weird for John Custer as the preacher to say that, as somebody yeah. who's like mm-hmm. supposed to believe in the idea of forgiveness from God. You know, yeah, every day preachers uh, meet people who have sinned, and they're supposed to forgive them. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. but but on the other hand, you could see him being like, "I'm not God, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm not the one that has to forgive." But yeah, you know that that's a weird separation there. Right, so. right, and then oh, and so the two people. Uh, if you've read the comic, you haven't. You will have an idea of who those two people are. 
So it might or might not tie in with that theory. Just, just saying. The two, which two people? The two people that come to kill John Custer. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Because those true. could be two solid characters from the book, and I'm so, you know, anticipating you, you their their out. arrival. Yeah. That's true. We don't yeah. know much about them yet. Yeah. So maybe mm-hmm. they'll. Yeah. Maybe that could clue us in a little uh-huh. bit. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then. Bruce goes on to say, also about the flashbacks, I thought that Jesse praying to God to kill his father makes for an interesting parallel with Donnie's son approaching him in the pilot and asking Jesse to hurt his dad. It would def- it would definitely, it definitely would inform Jesse's response to that request. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'd have to go back and watch that scene again, but uh-huh. yeah. I think, I think so. Uh, the truth of what Eugene did is another example of how well the show can change, uh, how you perceive the certain characters as it progresses. Other examples being Donnie and, to a lesser extent, Emily. I like this so much, partly because there's a certain character the comic did that with, but I won't say who to avoid spoilers. But I think he's talking about how we see Donnie being vulnerable with his wife, and we right. learn that Emily is sleeping with Miles. Yeah, yeah. Like, Just more, you know, more more to unfold. Yeah. Kind of subverting any expectations. Right, right, right. Uh, and then he says, one little detail you missed in the flashbacks is that the principal mentioned that one of the bullies was Donnie and that Tulip bit his nipple off. Uh, that stood out to me because there was a debate on Preacher Subred a few episodes back over whether Donnie was missing a nipple or if it was down to the lighting tricking people. Interesting. Yeah. Totally yeah. missed that. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that at all. And then uh, his final thought here. And since you brought up your perfect casting choices, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that your pick for Jesse would be John Bernthal because Dylan Face. <laughs> I think I think yeah. Nick and I have discussed that in, oh, yeah. in the past. So For sure. yeah, that's that's probably a pretty safe bet. Yeah, but yeah. are there? We'll have to have you. Maybe we'll do a season wrap up with you and John and Nick and I. Yeah, and uh, we can discuss any other perfect casting. Like if sure. we could choose them all. Sure. Yeah. What we would do. Yeah. So. All right. Thank you, Bruce, for writing in. Uh, as always, great to hear from you. Hope we'll hear from you uh, more before the end of the season. And then we've also got Yoop here. Uh, Yoop says, hi, guys. Love the podcast and the way you discuss every episode. Also like to give a shout out to John and Lance for the entertaining episodes. Uh, maybe you can team up for the final episode of the season. That sounds good. We might just do that, Yoop. Uh, with all the formalities out of the way, let's discuss Preacher. I have a theory about Genesis. My guess is that Genesis is Donnie from The Big Lebowski. <laughs> in that movie, Donnie dies and remains, and his remains were stored in a coffee can. Genesis also lives in a coffee can. Coincidence? I think not. My second piece of evidence is that every time Donnie is trying to speak, Walter tells him to shut up. Obviously, this is because Donnie has the power to tell others what to do. This is good stuff. It's shaping up. Yeah. Uh, I'm convinced this is true, and all this will be revealed in the final scene of this season. Why else would they talk about the Big Lebowski all the time? Winky face. What do you guys think? Do you agree with my not-so-serious theory? Keep up the quality-structured podcasting, youp. Thank you for the quality structured comment there, uh, you. Um, yeah, that's entirely likely. No, <laughs> hey, hey, man, you know it's uh, it's the world's a big place with Seth Rogen and uh, yeah. and Evan Goldberg at the helm. Yeah. It's, it's possible. Yeah, right. Yeah, there is more than usual talk about Coen Brothers in this uh, in this uh, piece of entertainment. It's actually the most talk about Coen Brothers yeah. in any other piece of media. Yeah. So, you know Fictional what? Media. I mean, I like I like the connection and you know what? Um, you know what? I maybe it will be true. I will be happy if it's true. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. We'll see you. Thanks for writing in. Uh, let us know if any of you other guys out there have any crazy theories. Write in g2tpodcast at gmail.com.
All right, so let's dive into the episode. We start with the teaser opening on a ski resort in Vail, Colorado, uh, seemingly in the 80s or 90s. By like yeah, the probably. hairstyles and the yeah. and the, yeah. the ski jackets and stuff they had on. Yep. yep. Um and uh the ski tram basically falls to the ground. Uh and then we cut to a younger Odin in his harshly lit office, and we hear a recording of Odin asking John Custer to come by because something terrible has happened. And then we see Odin in his office with several crate sized like coffins, as if suggesting the people that died in the tram accident are his family or people he knew. Uh, he tells John that he was conducting an, ex- an experiment and the results aren't good. It, it seems like he's kind of dissected his daughter and a cow in order to understand if there's a soul or something inside, the spirit inside. Uh, but he sees no difference. It's all meat. And then Odin asks John to denounce God publicly in front of the city uh, because he can't find a soul in his daughter's body. Uh this tells us a lot about Odin. Yeah, it sure right? does. Yeah, a lot of lot of backstory. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's a, a bit of a summation of his of his actions and and kind of his thesis statement, if you will. Um, what did you think about this teaser? I think it's a pretty striking thing to be the first thing you see in this in this episode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we didn't know this about Odin beforehand or anything, so having it happen right at the beginning and learning, you know, why he would and why almost anybody would want to not believe in God if your whole family dies in yeah. one fell swoop, you know? That's kind of the time that people call that into question, you yep. know? Yep, That's sure. one of those big events that would cause you to think about that stuff. Yep, totally, yeah. Uh, so in terms of the comic, is there anything, any similarities to Odin yeah. backstory here without giving anything away? Um... You want, me to, you want me to answer with a yes or a no? <laughs> you can start with a yes. Or, uh, so, is there anything similar? No, no. So it's very different than a, very different. Do you do you meet any Odin's family? And um, no, I don't think you do. Okay. No, you just Odin, He's and just, you know, I'm sure you know Odin shows up a lot later. Yeah, that's what Nick yeah. has said previously. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and he's just kind of the guy in charge of the town. Yep. Over the police. Yep. Yep. And. Um, you know the intestines thing. You know that kind of goes in with uh, with Odin. You know he loves meat and everything yep. like that. Um, but uh, no, yeah, learning this about Odin certainly changes things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's it kind of gives you a much clearer mm-hmm. idea of all of his motivations. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, for sure, pretty awesome. Yeah, props to Jack Earl Haley. Oh yeah, great. It was a beautiful performance. Oh yeah, yeah. He's I'm been great all season. I'm not. That happy with John Custer, right, right? That especially this scene for some reason the the like I think he says like what did you do the way yeah. that, that comes out of his mouth yeah yeah when Jackie Earl Haley's your scene partner though I mean I can't <laughs> right. I can't decry you for whatever comes out of your mouth yep. but yep. that's kind of I don't know just a little yeah. disappointed in John it's, yeah that guy the the actor you know he doesn't seem up to par with uh like who John Custer is in the book. Yeah. Cuz um John Custer in the book is a lot more someone to look up to. Bit more of a role model, yeah. has like a presence and a charisma. Oh, about totally, him. completely, yeah. Yeah. So that I you know, what yeah. do you what can you really do about that? I wanted right. to look up his 
his name really quick. Uh-huh. Uh, Nathan Darrow plays John Custer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, previously of uh, House of Cards, as John brought up a couple oh, okay. episodes. Okay. Cool. Ago. I haven't watched House of Cards, but yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for that. Yep. <laughs> You absolved uh, well, me of no, watching House It's okay of Cards. that you haven't watched it, yeah. and also the show is okay as well. Okay, gotcha, what gotcha. I've seen of it. Cool. But I also, I, I will forgive you. Thank you. Uh, so let's get into Act 1 here. We're back in modern day. We open on the Kincannon men bursting into the church. They see a bunch of preacher, the pre, of Jesse's stuff and see the hole in the ground that he's trying to get Eugene out of. But then we kind of cut to him ambushing them. There's lots of noises, lots of gunshots and stuff like that. And then all the men are walking back out to Odin. Uh, <laughs> Odin and Donnie is there at the time. Donnie's like, back to the drawing board. What did he say? And then they're all like, he didn't say anything. He just kicked our asses. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's like Jesse doesn't need Genesis in order to hold his own. Right, right. In, 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 a, in a fracas like that. So yeah, yeah. that was very cool. Uh, Jesse's beckoning God to bring back Eugene next to the pile of guns that he's confiscated from all the King Cannon men who tried to take the church. And then Eugene seemingly comes back up through the dirt from below the church. Uh, Eugene seems shocked, but yet kind of happy and relieved to see the preacher. And, uh, but he's kind of doubtful of it. He, he says that they, they try to trick you a lot in hell, uh, which I thought was interesting. And Eugene drinks three full glasses of water. Jesse asks him how he got out. And Eugene says that he heard Jesse's voice thing call him. And Jesse, Jesse, I'm just going to recite the, the lines here. Jesse says, you dug out of hell with your hands? And Eugene says, it's not that far. Which <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. And, uh, and then also Jesse asks, what's it like? And, and uh, Eugene says, crowded. And we cut to King Cannon explaining his plans for Jesse's land, uh, kind of as a way to motivate the guys to actually get Jesse out of the church. Uh, and then we cut back to Jesse apologizing to Eugene and saying he's right about everything and he thinks about giving back Je- Genesis. But then we kind of realize that Eugene isn't actually back. It's just a figment of Jesse's imagination. Uh, that's a lot in Act 1. But you know, like, so what did you, what did you think about the interaction with Eugene? Did you yeah. were you expecting him to come back? Because I was like, oh man, I'm so glad Eugene's back. You know, yeah, I was happy that he was back. You know, pulled him literally pulling him out from the ground. Yeah, and the way Eugene was acting and everything he was saying, it's like when somebody tells you, like, you know, the, the stereotypical thing when somebody comes back from hell, you you think they said they would say hot. Yeah, like how's hell? It's hot. Yeah, because you think of fire. But the the fact that he said crowded. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, he was there. <laughs> I was like, I was like, cause you know, there's probably a lot of people in hell, you yeah. know? And then, uh, how he said, uh, what was the other thing he said? He said, um, how it, it, wasn't, it that wasn't that far. That far yeah. I would believe that too. You know, yeah. I would be like, wow, he, you know, he must've really been there. <laughs> and then the whole water glass thing, you know, and then you see the water wasn't drank at all. Yeah. The water, the water glass is sitting on the pew. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, I, I, I knew something was funny. Of, uh, like the, the 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 tension and the feeling in that scene made me believe that it wasn't on, yeah. the, on the up and up. You Especially know? the way, like uh, Jesse asked Eugene to sit, stay put right there towards uh-huh. the back of the church, and then when he walks back in, Eugene's moved up to like the front row. Yeah, and right. Uh, like that's kind of the first suggestion of like uh-huh. maybe Eugene's not right. 
Yeah. Not actually there. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I didn't I didn't catch it until until mm-hmm. they told me. I was yeah. like, "Whoa." Yeah. And then he shows up again, he moves again when yeah. he when he looks at the water glass and then he, then he's sitting next to him rather than in front of him. Yep. Yeah. So that that was yeah. that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um it's too bad he's not back yet. Um because I mean, well, he is back. He's like he's like um he's still speaking to him. Yeah. Um but uh yeah i mean i'm worried about him <laughs> me too <laughs> yeah like i i would be disappointed if all we got of eugene was just like a figment of jesse's imagination although it's kind of, that's not all bad you know uh-huh. yeah right. <laughs> right right but it's it's very interesting we also had jesse calling uh sheriff root yep. to come and pick up eugene right right which we'll talk about a little bit more later on okay cool but uh, um let's see there was there was one other thing the motivation that he yeah the king cannon's the, plan yeah of, of uh, where everything was going to go in the food court yeah <laughs> I love that part food court yeah yeah so excited about the food court yep yep yeah and he's like but there's not going to be anything in the food court <laughs> if you guys don't do anything yeah. right now and at that point did, did the guy have we reached that yet I can't remember that did the the one guy not yet okay cool not yet cool. well I, I wrote that one time <laughs> gotcha gotcha that's a big part so but yeah no that was that yeah. was pretty good okay. king cannon on his. On his soapbox. Yeah, always. It's just such a striking image of yeah. him, this tiny man getting up on the soapbox yep. to yep. talk to all these people. For sure. So uh, that's that's beautiful. Yep. Uh, act two, we open on Tulip at the dog pound, and she adopts a dog. Uh, Miles swings by uh, on Emily to check on her after, she, to, after hearing that the church is getting torn down, which she didn't hear about because it wasn't happening according to jesse uh but he gave it to king cannon and uh emily asked miles to take the kids to school and he obliges after their little like fight that they have i thought that was funny of like uh, she still has the gall to be like would you please take the kids to school while i take care of this right yeah three kids you know just got to do something with them yeah it makes me wonder how much of like how much she like wanted to be a parent Uh uh-huh like maybe yeah. her husband in the past wanted the kids. Do we do we know anything about her husband? No, no, nothing at all. Yeah, like I don't know. Maybe you meet he... her and she's like dating people, I guess. Right, in the first episode, like she said, like Jesse says something to her about, "Do you go out with people?" And she's like, "Yeah, I go out." Yeah, like that. Which but, that could yeah. easily be her being like, "Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> what do you what do you think I am?" Yeah, yeah. but. It's like I would be curious when we're going to learn a little bit more about Emily. Right. And and that situation of like, you know, how the kids got there and Mm -hmm. did did her husband or boyfriend, whoever it happens to be, if they were even married, Mm -hmm. did he die or did he leave or what was the case? Right. Right. That could be a question. Yeah. Yeah. So. um, So Emily races off to uh, the church to see what's going on. Donnie leads the charge on the church as Jesse makes a Molotov cocktail using the anointing oil. I don't know <laughs> yeah. if you noticed that, but yeah, he's yeah. using the jug. It's not gasoline. It's like anointing oil that he would use, yep. um, which was beautiful. Anointing oil and a bottle of booze, like a, uh-huh. a, 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 like a whiskey bottle. Yeah. Um, Jesse's taking pot shots out of the clock tower to disable and stop the men without killing them. And then he throws the Molotov to stop the bulldozer. And then there's another dude with a bayonet running in saying, food court, food court, food court. <laughs> As if that's enough to make a man, like, sacrifice himself. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I guess if you live in Anvil, then then maybe. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, all the men retreat as Odin yells at them. They want to know where Clive is, and it turns out that the preacher shot his dick off. Yeah. With a, a pretty well-aimed shot, uh, which he holds as he walks back to Odin. Uh, Root pulls up to see Eugene since uh, Jesse had called him earlier in the episode. Uh, but And I, I, I don't understand why Sheriff Root is just kind of like... He seems very nonplussed about the situation. Almost yeah. like he's not he's not surprised any of it's going on right. for some reason. Yeah. Maybe Odin had like called him up and was like, Hey, I'm gonna do this. It's within my rights. Verbal agreement. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um but then uh they're both kind of standing there and the preacher boots up his his loudspeaker and says he'd like to he wants to see the agents. Odin thinks he says the Asians. Yeah, the Asians. And then Sheriff Root uh, goes to to grab Fiori and DeBlanc. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah. Act two. Um, everything is pretty great. I yeah. enjoy the malicious style mm-hmm. uh, Civil War-esque attacks on the, yeah. on the church. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I enjoy the fact that Jesse still holds them all off, even yeah. though he's outrageously outnumbered. Yeah, yeah. That's very in line with the comics. Because uh, Jesse and also Cassidy, they're very uh, good at what they do. And yeah. they're very strong. They're so strong and tactically minded yes. people. Yes. Yeah. So that's that, that was pretty good. It's yeah. a pretty good portrayal of that. Mm-hmm. It's a lot, It feels a lot like Batman, except he's out in the day. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the food court moment was great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. The the Clive moment, and we've talked about a few times in the past of like where you can feel Seth Rogen seeping into the show. Uh-huh, yeah, and that's one of those. Like, what if he shoots his dick off? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, and the, look, clean off. <laughs> yeah, no, like clean off, retri- retrievable. Yeah, yeah, and, and and the fact that the guy kept talking about it. He's just, not like on the yeah. ground writhing in pain. Right, he's just right. kind of like it was a good shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm probably gonna be hurting a couple hours from now, but right now I feel fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was yeah. that was pretty remarkable. That's good stuff. Yeah, uh, not something I think I would normally see on television. Right, right. But, so I'm uh, glad they went there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else about Act Two? Uh, yeah, Sheriff Root. The thing, yeah, he kind of just shows up and he's like, my boy's in there. He doesn't go in there to get no, yeah. Eugene, but he's like, my boy's in there. You know? A little weird. Little yeah, weird. it's very strange. almost yeah. like he thinks that, like, Jesse would... Jesse called him there. Yeah. But he still doesn't think that he can walk up to the church to yeah. go, like... Very strange. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. if anybody has any thoughts on that, let us know. Mm-hmm. Uh, act three, Jesse lets Fiorin de Blanc in uh, after using Genesis to allow them to get close to him again, since he told them to stay away. Uh, Root is glad to let, quote-unquote, the agents handle it, and he says he wouldn't know what to do uh, without Eugene. And Odin just kind of turns to him and says, you'd figure it out, which I thought was interesting, given his uh, his the intro of this episode. Uh, Root kind of chastises Odin for seizing Holy Land while Odin just kind of comes out with it and says, it's all a lie anyway. Yeah. You know, what does it matter if I tear this church down because there is no God is kind of like the Odin, Odin's mantra. <laughs> uh, Jesse apologizes for not listening to Fiora and DeBlanc and asks their help in getting Eugene, but they say they won't help him until they get Genesis back. There's uh, I noticed, there's a very interesting theory out on Reddit that 
maybe Fiore and DeBlanc are the parents of Genesis. Could be, could be. And because there's a few little clues. It's interesting. If you guys want to check it out, go on rpreacher, reddit.com slash rpreacher. I don't know if there's really any comic spoilers in it. I don't think so. Because I know there's some differences in the origin of Genesis at the very least, if this is the case. Um, But I thought it was very interesting because there's been a few opportunities Mm -hmm. uh, where like Fiorian and DeBlanc's uh, responses to things seem different or somebody mm-hmm. goes to respond and the other one shuts him up. Yeah. So that's happened a few times where it's kind of like mm-hmm. maybe there's something fishy going on here. One of which was the idea that Fiore says that you could get somebody out of hell. Yeah. Blanc says they no. They disagree on things, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's that was interesting. And then, they, and then, then Fiore's like, well, it's really difficult or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the, the reasoning in that Reddit thread was like, he's the block says no, because he's the devil in the relationship and wouldn't, ah, doesn't want to deal with all the red tape. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. But who knows? Uh-huh. Maybe more on that later. Mm-hmm. Um, Clive gets seen off in the ambulance as Emily pulls up and Miles explains to Emily that Kincannon has a good vision for this land and that the preacher isn't as good a man as everyone thinks. Mm-hmm. Pretty salient point there. Mm-hmm. Tulip plays fetch with the dog from the pound, presumably in the backyard of uh, Uncle Walter's. Not presumably. It is. We know by the end of the episode. And then uh, Fiori and DeBlanc set up to take Genesis from Jesse. They explain that Genesis chose many people, but they all exploded. Uh, so Jesse kind of learns that. Um, Jesse's still kind of trying to explain that he thinks God wanted him to have it or that... Um, uh, you know, don't they ever ask questions and they say no. Yeah, the questioning part was like, said that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it, it's just kind of like, why don't you guys ever ask, like, what, you're angels, you know? Yep. Um, and then DeBlanc is like, if God wanted you to do good with Genesis, what good have you done yep. since you've had Genesis? Drop the mic. Yeah, and then that's it. And Jesse lies down to, to do the ritual. Uh, pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any thoughts about anything in here? Uh, no, I think you said everything. You know, yeah. The uh, they're they're wanting to do this because of a certain reason, which I think we'll get to later. But yeah, um, yeah. that that whole dynamic between, uh, like you said about the with Fiore and DeBlanc. Yeah, they're two. They're two kind of complementary people. Yeah. You know? Because one of them wants to get Genesis out one way, and the other one wants to get it out the other way. Yep. Other option. Um, which which yeah. is part of what makes me almost forget about the are they the parents thing? Because I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think they'd be so willing to like just because I don't know if killing Jesse would also mean killing Genesis or not. Yeah, right. That's kind of what I'm not mm-hmm. sure about. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if it's possible to kill Genesis. So right. Yeah. That. We could learn more about later, uh-huh. possibly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, the uh, oh the um. So, what do you think of uh, th- what uh, the mayor is saying to Emily? Like all that stuff. It's very interesting. It seemed like a very uh, declarative. Not to keep going back to this word, but a very declarative thesis for uh-huh. Miles of like. Uh-huh. And it's a very, it seems like almost a very logical reasoning for mm-hmm. him to have drawn this line in the sand. Yeah. 
Because we saw him like worrying about what color pants to put on a couple episodes ago. Yeah. And that was as I think this decision was in process to either go with Odin or go against Odin. Mm-hmm. And we know who he's picked. We know which side he's on now. Yeah. So, um, and I think he's kind of the first one that really calls Jesse as a spade. Like Odin, Odin's got other reasons to be against Jesse. Uh-huh. But Miles looks at this situation and is like, what is this nutty preacher doing? He made an agreement. He's mm-hmm. not sticking with it. Mm-hmm. And now he's shooting at people as they try to get him to comply with this agreement. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's a weird moment of clarity for, for, uh, for miles. Cause mm-hmm. it's, he's not the person that I expected it to come from. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I expected out of miles really. Yeah. Well, you can say for one thing's for certain is uh, because they put that in the um, scenes from last episode preacher thing at the beginning, you know, how like Emily says to Miles, I'll never be with you. Yeah. You know, I think he's, I think that's his motive. Oh. Yeah. Of like a. <laughs> he wants to, he wants Emily. And I yeah. think I, he knows that Emily wants Jesse. Yeah. yeah. I guess, I guess that's true. I, I've, yeah. I've never, I don't feel like I've seen much. Um, much that makes me think that Miles understands that she wants Jesse. Oh, okay. Because I yeah, think right. she plays it very close to the chest. Oh, yeah, she does. That's true. Um, yeah. uh-huh. But that makes sense to me. Uh-huh. Like, it would almost be him tarnishing Jesse and being like, mm-hmm. come be with the winners, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> right. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. On to Act 4. Kincannon men and the townsfolk are essentially tailgating outside of the church to watch the siege. Uh, Kincannon explains their strategy as Donnie sees his wife. And when he sees her, he gets this kind of look on his face and he starts walking towards his car where he takes off his sling and the rest of his outfit and then kneels into the trunk and pulls his gun in and fires. I was... Like, what is going on right now? Right. No explanation. I was like, did he just give up? He's like, I, yeah. I've failed as a man. And I like, he sees yeah. his wife and he thinks I failed as a man. That was a very, yeah, deceiving. Um, hold on. That was a very telling thing because, you know, his wife is kind of like, she wants him to be a man yeah. kind of thing. And if he's not a man, then what good is he? Yeah. yeah. And we, we eventually realized he saw her and was like, I got to do what I got to do. Yeah. So... Uh, we'll get back to that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeBlanc sings wink and blink and a nod once again, but it's not working. They t- uh, Fiore's like, he's resisting. <laughs> so they tell Jesse to stop, and then they uh, remove Genesis. Um, Fiore and DeBlanc won't help Jesse get Eugene back, but uh, Genesis, after hearing the quarrel, fires back into Jesse, destroying the coffee can. And Fiore says, well, that settles it then. And uh, the other option it is, it's over, Preacher. No more trying. Like, Jesse tries to get them to come back and do it again. Mm-hmm. And they're like, nope. Yeah, We've tried enough. Yep. We've got to solve this another way. Yep. So, 
we've on the podcast we've talked in the past wondering what that big option is i think i know what it is now okay yeah pro- probably we dropped enough uh hansel and gretel pieces of uh, yeah i don't want to say anything just <laughs> yeah. yet in case yeah. anybody's still along for the ride yeah because yeah. i think there's a lot of information that nick has given to me uh-huh. that the watchers may not necessarily have gotcha um although i don't know if anybody's listening to this and d- has not read the comic let me know. I want to know if there's anybody in my position here that yeah. is still appreciating the fact that we're not uh, kind of jumping ahead and, and really calling everything as we're seeing it. I Like, if we want Nick to call things as he sees them, or Lance, in this case, to call things as he sees them, mm-hmm. we can totally do that. But I want to know if anybody out there is blissfully unaware of the comic and still watching things unfold. You know, I think I think it's good to keep it because I mean I don't know. Every time a a, a a movie is announced where there was a based on a book, sometimes I rush to read the book. But why? Why can't I just enjoy the movie for what it is? That's you know, and that's always a question that I've come to. Yeah. and I've there have been a few times where I'll read the book before the movie, or I've already read the book before I see the movie. But mm-hmm. I have realized that I so much cherish the cinematic experience yeah. more so than the book reading experience mm-hmm. that I will. Mostly askew any book reading, yeah. At this point, sure. unless I want to go back and check it out. So yeah, I mean, you should. I mean, they're both there for you. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but have blissfully, uh, you know, watching the show. I mean, I, sometimes I wish I because some of the things they you changed. have expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're exactly. Like, I want to see these things happen, and then yeah. things start to happen where you're yeah. like, maybe I'm not going to see that. Yeah, and... there's one major thing, I mean, with uh, Jesse's family that I'd love to see, and okay. I don't think I'm going to see it. And it kind of, it's a big part of the book that I like, so I, I might not see it. So yeah. now I'm like, now I have this preconception of that, and I'm like, do I feel let down? Yeah. It's like, it's not, it's not their fault. You know, I feel like, I feel like you don't have that same experience. If you watch the show first and then you go and look at the differences of the comic, uh you don't become disappointed that the comic isn't like the show. (laughs) You know? Yeah. 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 I think you're mostly like wanting to, I think if you go back and do that, you're wanting to see the differences. Whereas somebody like you and Nick, Uh it definitely is like a, this is how it was here, and I really enjoyed it this way, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I'll like it if they change it. Right, right, right. I right. think in both of your cases, obviously, you're mm-hmm. still enjoying it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But there's still obviously that thing of like, man, you know, I wish, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. It's like Nick wanting Hank Pym to be the maker of Ultron and the Avengers. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Listen to the Midwest Film Nerds at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Um, yeah, so... Anything else on Act 4 in particular? I mean, Genesis coming... Uh, like, the ritual worked. Yep. Worked at first. For a minute. And now the coffee can is is uh, completely... Yeah. Yeah, it's done. The, that holy receptacle, yeah. or whatever <laughs> yeah. it is. Yeah, whatever the hell is. Uh, yeah. So, do you... Um, the reason that Genesis seemingly explodes out of the coffee can is because Jesse's, like, really trying to get Fiorian de Blanc to help them... Help him get Eugene back. Mm-hmm. Do you think the that Genesis explodes out of the can and like I can help you? Like, yeah, it could be. It could be the, uh, that. That um, was kind of the reading that I got out of it, but yeah. I didn't know if it was just kind of like a yeah, yeah. Genesis wanting to. Well, Genesis 
chose different people before Jesse. Yeah. And now it found Jesse and now Jesse can somehow contain harness it, it. Harness yeah. it. Yeah. So, and maybe Je- Genesis doesn't want to be in heaven. They maybe realize that, that yeah. symbiotic relationship. Right. They're, they're kind of, now they're kind of one kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just seemed yeah. like a very, like the way that it was edited together, it seemed mm-hmm. like it was a Genesis's Genesis had a reaction to Jesse's who can help me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm wondering if, how how that's gonna play out? Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to to find out as well. Yeah. Uh, anything else on Act Four? Mm, nope. All right. And then we get to Act Five. Finally, uh, the preacher is sleepily or drunkenly waiting as gunfire tears up the church and the entire town is watching. Uh, at the back of the church, where food from last week's dinner by Tulip sits, Donnie kind of sneaks in uh, without his costume, but holding a gun to the preacher. Um. It turns out, obviously, Danny, Donnie didn't kill himself. He just uh, deafened himself. Yeah. There was ringing in yes. the uh, trunk. Yes. Yeah. Which I thought about later. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, which, you know, what? kind of firing a gun in an enclosed trunk, you're kind of close to the gas tank at that point. But oh, I, yeah. That right. Point, I, and with the with the blood trickling, I almost thought it was a, like he shot himself in the mouth and it exited the uh, ear or something like that. But no, it's the eardrum. Yeah. It's totally destroyed. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gone. Yeah. Um, so Jesse tries to use Genesis or he doesn't try to use Genesis at first to get Donnie to put him down, put it down. And then he's like, do you want me to do it? And then he does it and it doesn't work because Donnie can't hear anything. So Donnie knocks Jesse out. And then we open up on uh, Odin talking about the Alamo again and kind yeah. of comparing Jesse's stand to that. Yeah. They put the uh, civil in civil war. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they were sitting across from each other just discussing. Yes. You know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Odin explains that he served. Uh, so, so Jesse kind of asked him, I told you to serve God. Mm-hmm. What happened? And Odin says, I serve the God of meat, the God of what's tangible, touchable, and true. Um, so we got our answer. That was something we discussed last week is who does Odin serve? What kind of God? And that's, that's it. Um, Odin explains that following a God who's silent is crazy. And, uh, Jesse starts signing the deed, but then explains he wants one more Sunday to bring God to the church since he can't bring the town to God. He's going to question God, get him to to explain why he's been absent in all these people's lives. And then Tulip's spending some time with Brewski, some quality time, telling him he's the best. And then she leads him to the back of Uncle Walter's house, where she closes it in a room, and we hear it get slaughtered. This is clearly, I think it's got to be Cassidy, right? got to be. She's, she's helping Cassidy get healthy again after immolating in the, in the, in the <laughs> in sunlight. Sun. Yeah. Um, and then Root arrests Jesse as the town starts going crazy outside of the thing. There's people that sound like believers, and Jesse, you're the only one that can save us. And then there's other people that are calling him despicable and all that kind of stuff. And then we cut to black. But it comes back. The pressure alarm is blaring that we've seen previously. A uh, man at a control panel presses the button to vent and sits down in his chair. And that's it. So we got a lot to unpack here. 
Uh, I like how clever Donnie seems to be, even though sometimes he seems really stupid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's, he definitely seems like he's def like the follower and not the leader in terms of he's Odin's right hand man. Mm -hmm. But he's still, he's still really one of the first people to put together what Jesse's got going on, Mm -hmm. uh, with Genesis. And, um, I think he was the one that also said, what'd he say? what did he say? He didn't it, say nothing. Yeah. He just yep. kicked our asses. Yeah, yeah. He was asking yeah. the, the men at yeah. the beginning of the episode, what has he been saying to you? And yeah. then they're like, yeah, he didn't even use it, yeah. bro. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, yes. Yeah, so real, a real, cause that's the only way really that's the, there's one other way that, that the word doesn't work on somebody in the comic, but, um, but that's really a good way to, to get it to stop from working on you. Interesting. Yeah. Like, it, I guess my question about that is then mm-hmm. would it work if you don't speak English? Ah, yeah. True. Yeah. I think there's something like that in the comic. I think ah, so. Out of okay. 70, 60 or 70 issues, I think they they do explore they that. They cover that one. I think they do. Yeah. Um. Maybe Genesis knows all tongues. Maybe. maybe. Uh, so, yeah. What else do we got here? So the God of Meat. So now we know your interpretation yes because serve god god is many things to many people yeah so you say serve god to odin kincannon it means god of meat yeah it's it's serve who i believe is god like that i guess the question is if jesse would have been like serve the god of christianity (laughs) is that specific enough to turn odin Uh into a christian yeah you know exactly but yeah obviously it's too late for jesse to find that out (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah. so that's that's good to know. Yeah. Some further clarification on, on Genesis's power. Yeah. Um what do you think about Jesse's plan to bring God to the church? Are we gonna see God next episode? You know? Uh you might. Cause uh <laughs> cause um uh, yeah, that's what uh that's what he wants to do. Yeah. And it's and it's also kind of fulfilling this thing that Odin wanted done. I want you to denounce God. Yeah. So Jesse is like offering this one last chance. Yeah. So I will denounce God if, you know. It's interesting. It makes me wonder if John was in similar circumstances, like with Genesis and, and, and Fiorin de Blanc and learning about angels and demons and all this stuff going on. Would he have been more open to Odin's request back in the nineties or whenever that was? Yeah. Uh So that's kind of, uh, that's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And then hopefully Cassidy gets better. Yeah, Cassidy. Uh, yeah. I liked this episode, yeah. but I missed him. Oh, for know? sure, for sure. Yeah, it's he's he's always you know down to the way he says Jesus. <laughs> yeah. It's it's perfect casting mm-hmm. for sure. And uh, you know, um, who you're gonna find a lot more find out a lot more about Cassidy, and I hope they explore that with this guy because he just seems like the right person to do it. Yeah, uh, right person to pull it off. So. Yeah. Tulip and Cassidy, yeah. Have you know having a building, That's good that they have a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then yeah, the pressure alarm. Oh yeah. I talked to Nick about this previously, mm-hmm. uh with with some other insider knowledge that he's given to me and I think mm-hmm. I know what's going on. Uh-huh. I thought it was going to I thought we were going to get this last morsel and and see uh-huh. it happen. Uh-huh. And at the end of this episode, especially when they cut to it. Yeah. But I'm wondering yeah. 
I'm wondering what's going to happen next episode. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. I mean, I think I know. I think uh, the chess pieces were all in place yeah. for something yeah. something crazy to happen. Yeah. You got to remember, there's a lot of people that worked on Breaking Bad are working on this show. Yeah. And Breaking Bad was very good at dropping hints yep. and kind of building towards something from I was just about to say a word that I don't want to say because <laughs> because uh, because people who read the comic knows what happens yeah. know know what happens in the first uh, but but it, issue but there, it's very much the like Sam Catlin the, yeah. the executive producer who yeah. who used to be a writer on Breaking Bad has mm-hmm. clearly gone to the school of Vince Gilligan uh-huh. that is uh-huh. uh, planting seeds for things that pay off yep. much later right and so uh, hopefully we'll see more of that next mm-hmm. episode yeah. Yeah. So I don't think there's that many new questions here no, in this episode. No, we're we're at uh, episode eight. Episode yeah, we got two more left. Is it episode nine? It's <laughs> well, it's it's uh, yeah. So no, this is episode eight. Yeah, it is the eighth episode of the show. Uh-huh. It's what AMC is calling episode seven. Okay, because okay. episode one was episode zero for some stupid okay. reason. Well, it makes sense because it's almost like Preacher Zero because. Uh, you know, this it's, is it's almost a, like a prequel. Yeah, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's kind of, kind of. It grabs things from all over, but um, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, uh, it's pretty cool. Episode wise, did was was it one of your favorites of the season? Was um, it in the middle? It's in the middle because uh, some things I felt were um, just a little strange how they were how they were playing out um, the structure of the episode mainly, but. I afterwards I realized like okay they t- they took this one situation the kind of standoff between Jesse and uh, mm-hmm. Odin and they just played it out through the yeah. whole episode so in that sense it's pretty good yeah and it, like I think they did a good job of exploring things where in another episode it would just been like if this was a like any other TV show you just kind of be like God they didn't get to any like there's no, nothing happened this <laughs> no. week yeah, yeah. but I think we learned we learned a lot about Odin right off the bat Absolutely. of the show yeah. Yep. We got to explore a lot more, even with Donnie himself and Miles, and mm-hmm. just kind of what Odin's motivation is, mm-hmm. not only from the past, but also right now. Like, mm-hmm. why is he doing what he's doing? So, yeah. I think it was still a very worthwhile episode, even For though sure. it, yeah. in, in the larger scheme of things, it feels like it might yeah. just be some table setting. Yeah, yeah, it does feel like that, yeah. So, But I will say, I do like... Um, some of the cinematography in there a lot like mm-hmm. especially when uh miles was talking to emily you saw the church in the background yeah that was pretty cool um and yeah i'm still a huge fan of odin's office yeah i'm right. glad it's been that way since the 90s <laughs> but it's yeah. always so extremely lit it's yeah. just a beautiful set <laughs> yeah. it's awesome right right yeah so it's cool yeah um yeah all right well, I think that's the end of our episode here. Once again, you can find more episodes of our podcast on G2TPodcast.com. That's the letter G, number two, letter T, podcast.com. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music as well. So please go check us out there. Rate and review us on those places because that lets more people see us. And the more people that see us and listen to us uh, means that we will do more shows. We'll keep going for even longer. So please uh, do that. We're also on G2T Podcast. We're G2T Podcast on Twitter, and you can email us at G2T Podcast at gmail.com to tell us what you think of our show and share your thoughts on AMC's Preachers so we can read them on air. 
Send us corrections, observations, anything relating to Preacher or our podcast. Uh, if you want to hear some of us talk about uh, film with a few of our friends, please be sure to check out the Midwest Film Nerds podcast and MidwestFilmNerds.com. Lance, I, I missed you on it last week. Uh, we went and saw Swiss Army Man. And oh, I, I saw like that too. I, we should probably, we should have had you on. Oh yeah, yeah. I feel like it would have been a good movie to talk with you. Yeah, about. it's it's good. I it's, mean, uh, it's great. How original is 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 uh, quite the feat that Absolutely. this film, and especially from two new filmmakers. Yeah, you know? yeah, totally. The da- Daniels. Yes, not the, the Daniels. The Daniels <laughs> is what it is. So we'll have to have you back on very soon. For sure. For sure. Uh, and then also we've got a game podcast on the Midwest Podcast Network. It's called the Midwest Game Nerds, and you can check it out at MidwestGameNerds.com. Uh, finally, our theme music is the song All In by The Red Thread, and it's being used under a non-commercial Creative Commons license. And uh, please go forth and speak the good word. <laughs>